Yo, this is Carnage the Executioner, and you're listening to Mighty Mighty Marsden House on Lawson Entertainment. Enjoy. We ain't gonna stop right here to the spotlight, yeah. Give me some burn on my face. We took it from the block right here to the top right there. And we did it all in your face. You know they gonna love it. What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, and you are listening to Mighty Mighty Marson House, a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Marson House Studios in Philadelphia. This week, I have Battle Axe Warrior Adlib on the show. I'm just going to get right to this interview. It was a really interesting conversation between Adlib and I as we talk about his introduction to hip-hop, his creative process. We get into a couple lyrics. We talk about Battle Axe Warriors, all of it. When you're done with the show, be sure to go to marsonhouserecording.com. Find out more about what Marston House is doing. Check out their ciphers on YouTube and lostinentertainment.com to hear more of my program. Without further ado, here's Adler. You know Alright everybody, welcome back to Mighty Mighty Marston House. This week I have Battle Axe Warrior Adlib on the show. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, you're you're another Philly hip-hop artist. We've had a couple here on the show already. You're associated with Marston House and you've recorded there and... Uh, you've done a cipher there. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, at the base, you are you are a hip hop artist. You are a rapper, and it's always you know everybody's introduction to hip hop is different. We all live in different areas, and that song or that album is always different on what got us hooked to the genre. So tell us about your introduction to hip hop. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say like my my introduction introduction to hip hop uh um, a buddy of mine um had uh special ed slick rick and uh uh there's one other record oh the um dj jazzy jeff and fresh prince albums i was a kid just a you know kid kid and uh we memorized all those lyrics you know i got it made and parents just don't understand and uh children's story and <clears throat> just running around like you know in the summertime just rapping those lyrics and just having fun you know whatever um and then uh i think the first rec the first cassette that i actually had was ice tea power and um that was like where i kind of got introduced to like you know the 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 street side of uh of of the culture, um, and you know, Ice T and NWA, of course, of course, Schoolie D and Philly. Um, I was hearing all that stuff as well. Um, but I would say I got hooked, completely hooked in, uh, around 1992, 93. Um, I saw, uh, you know, Cypress Hill, House of Pain, Red Man, those three artists, um, kind of, you know, changed my life, I would say. Uh, when, when Cypress Hill and House of Pain came out, um, you know, I was, I was, you know, just a, a teenager, young teenager. I was like, you know, doing all the things that, uh, that they were talking about. They looked like me, they dressed like we did. And, uh, you know, so I just had a real, really, really strong connection that I saw them at the armory in Philadelphia. I believe it was like 93. And, uh, that was probably the first concert that I went to with my boys and stuff, you know, um, and uh, I was probably, you know, 15 years old or whatever. I don't know, you know, and um, that changed my life, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. So then, you know, so that's, you know, so you're about 15 when that happens. 
when when does Adlib or you know whoever you were at the time, of course, when do, when does he start rapping? When do you decide to put pen to paper or start messing around with lyrics and cadence and whatnot? Right. Well, um, I mean, a little bit before you know before like uh, before I saw Cypress and, and House of Pain, like we we would mess around and like bust each other's balls and like freestyle and stuff like that just for the fun of it when i saw cypress and 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 those guys i knew that like that's what i want to do that's all i want to do um i was pretty heavy into like graffiti as well so um you know i you know a bunch of us were just you know we would just be rhyming all the time like freestyling all the time um and then and then soon you know soon after that probably around you know I want to think around like 1996, somewhere like that is when, you know, I started maybe I, I recorded a song, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Nothing serious. And then, um, you know, messing around with bands. I used to go to a lot of hardcore shows and guys would let me come up on stage and, and uh, at the end of their sets and, and let me freestyle and stuff like that. So that was probably my first taste of being on stage, um, probably about 95, 96. And then from once I hit the stage and, and even though it was with a band, a hardcore band or whatever like that, I knew that that's, you know, I knew, you know, this is it. So then I was writing songs every day, just trying to get into, at that time, it was very hard to get into a studio and actually record something. Um, but, you know, as far as like writing songs and stuff like that, it was, it was at that point on nonstop, you know? Yeah. So I think one of the harder questions that MCs ha- uh, have to answer at the beginning of these interviews anyways is, when did you notice that, that significant jump in lyrical talent? Like, when, when did you notice you went from, you know, just sort of getting used to rapping and lyrics and songwriting and then, you, and then saw that jump and only, like, I, I feel good. Like, I feel like my, my talent is, is on another level now. When was the first time you really noticed that? Oh man, that's a great question. Wow, that's a really fucking good question, man. Uh Thank you. I pride myself in good questions. Yeah, man. Holy shit, that's a really good one. Uh hmm. You know, I got to shout out my man A1 because um when he got a hold of me, my he had a group called Stick Figures, these guys, and uh, I was already doing shows at this point. And, um, but, but the thing is, I didn't know how to write, you know, like I didn't, I didn't understand bars. I didn't understand. So like every verse was fucking 50 bars. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just keep writing, you know what I mean? Two pages, three pages. I refuse to like cut it short. You know what I mean? And, uh, putting too many words in a sense. I just didn't know, you know, and, and, um, but my buddy, a one, I, I just met him at a show. He had a group like I said, called the stick figures. And he, he kind of pulled me to the side and said, yo, the shit you're saying is fucking crazy. But like, you're just so like unorthodox with it. Like you're not on beat. Like you're all over the fucking place, dude. You know? So he, he wanted to, uh, you know, he brought me into a studio, a real studio and stuff like that. And we did a record and we started a group called garbage pail kids, me and him. And, uh, he's very on point when he, when he writes, and I would see, and then he, you know, he broke down to me like, yeah, you got to write, you know, shorter verses, you know what I mean? You don't have to, you know, for certain songs, if you want to write fucking whatever, do it. But, you know, for, you know, when you're performing live and that, and he, he just made a lot of sense to me, man. So shout out to A1. But I would say right about then, um, I have a, I have, right, right around the time when I did, uh, 
I did an independent release called Talk Hard. So this is like the 2000s, you know what I mean? Early 2000s, I would say. That's when I started to notice. And then, in, in, you know, in the early 2000s, we at that time, it would be like a lot of battles and, um, and stuff like that. So I think at that time, I started to see... You know, getting better crowd reaction. The circuit in Philadelphia was super ill at that time. You know, like uh, Reef the Lost Cause, Side Effect, 40th Dimension, um, you know, Adam 12, Diggs, and all those guys. Like it was, it was a really dope scene going on in, in Philly at the time. Coup d'état. Um, and uh, at that, right around then, I think that that's when I started to like, you know, really like kind of come into my own, and you know. I think that was probably it, uh, you know, somewhere sure. around there. Yeah. Okay, and you know, so let's um, let's look a little bit into your creative process. This is something else that uh, is unique to each rapper. It it sounds the same, but when people really start getting in, really start uh, delving deep into beat selection and when they start writing and stuff like that, it becomes very unique to each rapper. So tell us about your creative process in writing a song like when you get inspired do lyrics come first does the beat come first you know like what what's that like oh yeah good question um yeah it's uh, well for me uh it's you know different different uh very different um depending on the situation so there's times where i'll have a song uh and it'll just be in my head and i'll have no beat to it and it'll just be you know um It'll just be something, you know, the whole, the whole song will come to me basically. You know, I, I, the way I write, I either write directly on paper. Uh, I'm like, I just walk in kind of circles and I'm, uh, like I come up with a line and then I think of another line and say those first two lines and think of a third and say the third line and until I have my verse. And by that time it's kind of memorized and then I go and put it on paper. Um, there's other times where I'll just go right directly to the paper and, uh, and write. I sometimes write into my phone. Um, I do like to pick beats, you know, first, you know what I'm saying? And, that, and most of the time I do. And, uh, but yeah, there's, there's times, man, where the song will just, you know, I'll just be, uh, writing without a beat. And, um, you know, and then it's, a, it could take time. There's a song, um, for, as a perfect example of that, I have a song called Six Arms in a Box. Um, the song is just, was just on my last record, The Highway. And I wrote that those uh, those lyrics about ten years ago. So uh, you know, I wrote it on the day the day my buddy uh, had passed away. I found out, and uh, I wrote it while I was working. And um, it is a song that just kind of came to me, and and it never really had the right beat. Um, I it had the same. Then I, I found the beat, and it was it sat on that for years, and I never found the right project for it. And then uh, with this highway, there was a beat that that was sent to me, and those lyrics just felt like you know it was crazy but um you know usually usually i like to pick the beats and and, and go like that but you know some sometimes songs write themselves man you know i think the best songs to be honest are the songs that you're not really sitting there like thinking thinking about you know that you the beat comes on and, and 15 20 minutes later you have fucking three verses and a hook because it, it kind of writes itself you know i think those are the those are the best songs. Those are also usually the songs that uh, I think are the most witty or or have the you know the deepest kind of story, like where where people are like kind of putting the walls down and and really uh, putting themselves out there. You know what I mean? 
when when they don't have mm-hmm. time to think. Sometimes when people have too much time to think, they have too much pride. They don't want to really like push those walls down and like be completely honest and open. I think that uh, I think that uh, when you when you're just putting your thoughts down right away, I think that that happens more. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is the first time I've got an opportunity to ask this question. You know, you're, I've, you know, I've listened to a good bit of your material both in the past and and in preparation for this interview, and you have a nice balance of sort of typical MC punchline rap, you know, of just sort of, you know, just spitting bars, and then also, you know, storytelling and sort of getting into your life and you know, expressing yourself. What was it? You know, what was did you have a hard time letting those those walls down, or did that sort of come naturally to you? Yeah, no, that that actually comes more natural to me than the punchlines and stuff like that. You know, so that those those are the songs that I'm like, you know, uh, they're the ones that just come to me. You know what I mean? Some of the some of the the more typical stuff, to be honest, is is less, uh, you know, for me. You know what I mean? Less less typical for me. That's I have to like sit down and I have to be in the right zone to uh to do those those joints um but like the deep you know deeper shitter or or more like rebellious stuff that's the stuff that i like i like to do and the you know i like to do everything i do i wouldn't do it if i didn't but the the things that i prefer are are the songs where you're kind of just being really truthful um to the point that it, it can you know be uh awkward and um and, and the songs where you're you know talking that you know that kind of that rebel anthem you know that that uh you know the underdog kind of uh you know fuck the system shit you know yeah absolutely absolutely speaking of uh the system i i have a I have a lyric i want to talk to you about in a few minutes um do you think actually let's um let's talk about battle axe warriors because this is, is something that um, you know, I, I knew about the association, but I had a hard time finding anything on the history of it, particularly to your inclusion in the Battle Axe Warriors. For people that are more un- that maybe aren't as familiar with you as an artist or with uh, with Battle Axe, maybe how, how did you get how did you get involved with Battle Axe Warriors? Um, yeah, uh, basically, um, on, I was working on the uh, Bad Intentions album. Um, and I reached out to Mad Child, um, about working together. And, uh, it's, it's actually funny. Like they hit me back and told me that, that he wasn't doing any collabs. And then, uh, like two days later, they hit me up and they're like, Oh, we're bad. You know, our bad. Uh, you know, Mad would love to do a joint. You know, cause he, he had saw the, um, the track Hate My Guts with Reef and Slain. So, um, he ended up, they hit me back. They were down to do it. We ended up talking on the phone a bunch. Um, you know, before we, before we recorded the songs, I'm, I'm not, I don't really do collabs like that. Whereas, um, I kind of only do songs with people I know anyway. So he, working with him was a little different because obviously he's in Vancouver. I'm in Philadelphia. Um, so we talked on the phone a bunch before the song. Um, and we ended up kind of becoming friends, you know, and, um, so then after the song was done, we continued to talk on the phone. We're, we're chopping it up. He explained to me what Battle Axe was about. I was all for it. I think it's a positive movement. You know, it's, it's just basically a worldwide network of like-minded people, man, creative people, people that have a love for underground hip hop, people that have a love for extreme sports and mixed martial arts, tattoo culture, you know, uh, DJing, MC, you name it, you know, there's graph, uh, 
you know, graph writers, uh, graphic designers. And, um, it's just, it's just a dope community of people that are into the same thing. A lot of times I think people think it's about a particular person or this, you know, this ad lib or mad child or, or swollen. It, it's a worldwide network. There's thousands of people and, uh, you know, a, a super talented people. And then also people that just support, um, you know these these different artists and stuff like that so uh i think it's a i think what mad child did was uh was genius and um i think it's an it's an awesome network you know so i meet new battle axe warriors in every city i go to i do probably 100 150 shows a year and uh every show i go to it never fails that there's battle axe warriors there um so it's a, it's a, it's awesome it's an awesome network man if you don't if you want to learn about it go to battlexwarriors.com um and uh yeah it's a it's a great thing man yeah absolutely you know it's uh it's by no um by no surprise then that you know when you know when you put adlib in the youtube search just as much mad child stuff comes up as adlib stuff and you guys have done a handful of songs together yeah yeah you know since that's since that homie, first man. song that's, that you guys that's my brother since you guys did that first collaboration, how did you, did you notice any, um, like, what sort of impact did that have on your own skill set working with, uh, you know, with a veteran like that at the time? Well, um, I can say this without, without a doubt, um, you know, there's, there's three guys over my career that have, like, honestly wanted me to do good. Um, and honestly wanted to see me get better. And, and, um, and that's, you know, Mad Child is one of those, those, those people. And, uh, you know, have, he took me under his wing first and foremost, even though, you know, when we met each other, we came in with like a, you know, me, obviously, you know, Mad Child is, is a veteran. So, you know, I came in with a lot of respect, but he showed me a lot of respect um, right from the jump. You know, I, I had been touring already and stuff like that. And, and um, but the advice that he gave me, the, the the fact that he was willing to take me under his wing, a lot of guys will look at a guy that's that's kind of doing his thing or whatever as like a threat, like they'll, they'll keep him at bay. Mad wasn't like that, man. Mad was like, yo, look, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, here's some, here's some advice. Like, here's some things to do. I think that I became a hundred times better um since since i met since i've been working with Matt child absolutely man he's he's sure this guy this guy works non-stop he's he's non-stop you know this guy does 200 shows a year he puts out two three records a year between you know what i mean between his stuff and and swans all quality like nobody can ever sit there and be like ah you know what i mean this dude went in half-assed something you know what i mean like dude does quality oh, oh constantly so on top of on top of the crazy you know merch game and stuff like that like can't do anything but respect that guy you know yeah absolutely and you know you've been you've been doing music long enough to see the effects that um that technology has had on the industry um you know and and looking you know back when we were you know when rappers were still slinging demo tapes and then till now do you think technology and the internet has made it easier or harder for an m for any artist to really succeed you know we watched macklemore get a grammy without having a major record deal but yet there's still millions of users on these websites that that you use um you know do you think an artist that's 
just sort of uh, coming about in the past two or three years? Do you think the, 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 the Internet is helping them succeed, or do you think the saturation now of artists in, in this one environment is making it more difficult? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's a gift and a curse, right? So, like, everybody can, everybody can, uh, everybody can be on the same playing field, you know what I mean? At the, right away, right from Jump Street, you know? Obviously, you know, the new guy doesn't have a publicist and the new guy doesn't have, you know, this, that, and the third, but he has access to have his record on the same, in the same, uh, stores and same, you know what I mean? Digitally as anybody, you know, TuneCore, all these different sites like that. Um, so, you know, it's about the artist, man. At the end of the day, uh, if, if, if the artist wants, if, if an artist is doing this just for the love, you know, and they just want to be in their basement and they want to make art and then the internet makes it great for them. They can share their music with everybody and, uh, you know, have it out there for, for everybody, for whatever network that they build for them, you know, on, on their, uh, on their little internet world you know um for a guy who wants to be you know serious and wants to to really do this for a career then you, you can't just look at the internet the internet's a great tool but you have to be willing to jump in a van and go on tour and you know what i'm saying like do all that other stuff you know put your money where your mouth is and get publicists and get these things that are important for 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 you to succeed you know what i mean yeah i mean it makes it easier for everybody right yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I definitely think there's more upside than downside. Definitely. Yeah, man, you can't hear nobody can find me. Cats are like, I hear dudes always complaining, like, "Yo, man, you know, I I used to have to just hand out flyers, like, yeah, but you don't have to do that no more, you know. Like, you still have to do it, you know what I mean? But like, it's it's a different game now, man. So like, you just gotta accept that what it is, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is no uh, no. T- Taking it back, the internet's not going nowhere. Yeah, I might as well. Right, yeah. You might as well figure it out, man, and rock with it. Exactly. Until we can just, uh, you know, live live stream music straight to our brain. I think this is the right. technology to stay for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, a couple of your lyrics. I want to I want to um, you know get get behind the inspiration and the story that goes along with with each one of these. I have two of them specifically. All right. One is from the song "One of the Few." And you said, I went from hitchhiker to frequent flyer with nothing but freedom of speech and desire. Went from hitchhiker to frequent flyer with nothing but freedom of speech and desire. Yeah, I mean, tell us, I mean, you know, that's, uh, that that's speaks real, a little that's, bit. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true as it can get. Um, yeah. And it, it, it speaks on, you know, the idea of overnight success a little bit. But we all we always look at the success and never really acknowledge the process. And I think this is giving an ode to, to, you know, to the process a little bit that it took uh, a lot of, you know, hard work and stuff. And, and tell us, um, you know, tell us about how you've been able to how grateful you are to be able to use freedom, expre- freedom, freedom of speech, expression, desire and all that to really fuel the success that you've been able to get. Oh yeah, it means the world to me, man. Like I, I don't, I don't take for granted one bit. Like the fact that like I do what I love. I, I've seen like you know, listen, man. You know, I dropped out of high school. I, I, I didn't have much of a future. I had a kid when I was still in high school. I, I was homeless. You know, I like you know, and uh, 
you know, people were counting me out completely. Like, this guy's fucked. You know, he's fucked. You know what I'm saying? Even if I, even if I get a construction job, like, I just fucked up. You know what I mean? And uh, so, you know, the fact that I'm able to do what I love and the fact that I'm, I have a house and I have a, you know, a, I can get around and my kids have clothes and my kids have food, um, you know, and I'm doing what I love and I've seen, I've seen the world a couple of times over, you know, I'm blessed, man. I can't, you know, it's because, you know, it's because I think that, uh, you know, I, I try to, I try not to be that guy that's like not accessible, you know, I try to be, you know, just a regular guy, man. Like this is just, uh, you know, we all have a love for this culture and this music, so I don't think like I'm above nobody or nothing like that. I'm just super blessed to be able to do what I do. I work super hard to do what I do, and um, you know, this this yeah, absolutely. What's one of your favorite destinations of uh, of travel? I know you're uh, you're you're well traveled. Where where have you enjoyed being? I love I love Spain. I love. Uh, Obviously, I love like Amsterdam. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love Vancouver and and uh, you know Canada on a whole. Man is a, is a amazing country. Man, it's awesome, awesome country. Man, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Edmonton, all 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 this Calgary. I love I love Canada. Super dope com- country. Um, yeah, man, all, all over. I, I you know Europe is Europe is awesome. Uh, I've I've been all over there and. Uh, I think I think probably Spain, man, Spain, and and I would probably say, uh, to be honest, Toronto and Vancouver, man. I really love. I love every time going out to both of those cities. I love. I love going out to them. Very cool. Very cool. So from from the song "Hard Luck," uh, I didn't take no for an answer. I fought the system while my mom fought cancer. And I ain't take no for an answer. I fought the system while my mom fought cancer. You know, there's there's definitely a lot of story behind that one line. Um, but you know, tell us, um, you know, tell us about that challenge of trying to, you know, pursue your own success while having to be a bystander to your mom's, you know, health issues. Yeah. My mom is a fighter, you know, my mom beat cancer twice. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, it's mind over matter. You know what I mean? Like she, she knew she was going to beat it. She, she, you know, it was, it was like, she never even, it was crazy. You know, so she just kept she just kept rocking and rolling, and uh, didn't take no for an answer. And you know, she she was gonna beat it, and um, and she did that. And and you know, I take pride in that with my family. You know what I mean? So like, I I do the same thing. Like, I didn't take no for an answer. Like everybody told me, like, yo, man, like, you know, you don't look the part. You don't sound the part. You don't whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you need to just like, you know, find a good career, find a job. You know, do whatever. And, um, you know, cause people thought I was crazy when I quit my job, you know what I mean? Like, like I didn't now make no mistake about it. I have kids. So like if, if tomorrow, um, they're not going to be, you know, it's not looking good for, for my, for my family, then I'll do whatever I have to do. I have three jobs, do whatever I have to do to take care of my family. That comes first. But at the time I realized like I had more work with music than, I was able to even like I was turning things down um because of my day job and I wasn't making as much so I, you know when I when I left my day job people thought I was crazy man people thought I lost, lost my mind you know but uh I knew that it was the right thing and and uh and it ended up you know I threw the dice at the wall and, it, and I ended up you know coming out on top 
At least so Absolutely. At least so far. <laughs> so far, so good, right? Talking, right? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you've been, you've recorded at Marston House, and you've been on a few ciphers at Marston House, including Volume 5, The End of Summer Cipher, and A Living Legend Cipher. Uh, volume 5, which will be put out uh, on, the, uh, on, the third day, on the Thursday following the release of this interview um, through, the, through the iTunes stream. Uh, tell us about the atmosphere at, at a Marston House cipher and why you think they're so valuable to the scene. Oh, man, Marston House gets it in, man. Those guys are, those guys are super solid, man. I love Steve. I love Ethan. Um, I love the uh, experience of recording at Marston House. I had a blast. It was always like, uh, man, I had a blast making the record that I went over there. And the ciphers, um, you know, they, they, they always put dope dope guys together man they, they, you know what i mean they're like uh good, like good matchmakers <laughs> they put you know they put guys together man that they, 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 they it flows and makes it dope man so every time i've been over there i've been around guys that i have a lot of respect for and guys who i'm like you know makes wants to bring the best out you know yeah it's, that's awesome you know it makes you want to make sure that you know when you find out who you're going to be over there rocking with you're like all right man you know you gotta come with it you can't you know look like a fucking fool you know yeah, absolutely. So, so to everybody in the audience that is who just learned about Adelaide, maybe for the first time or getting to know you better after just being familiar with you, uh, you know, what can they expect? What can they expect next? What can they look forward to? Uh, well, I have uh, my record, Teen, Teenagers from Mars, is out now. It just came out with uh, Rob the Viking. Uh, he from Swollen Members. He produced the whole record. Um, it's available now at SensiStar.com. Star with two R's. Uh, the highway just dropped in October, you know, so it's still still kind of fresh. Um, so that's available as well at SensiStar.com. I'm working on uh, new music as we speak. Uh, and in September, um, the vinyl, the, the vinyl of Teenagers from Mars will be officially out right now. So uh, we'll be out and I will be putting out a full length with that as well. So I'm not really sure how what medium we're gonna do it. It might be I'm, I'm digital only. It might be something that's free. I don't, I'm not really quite sure what's happening right now. But uh, that'll be in September. Right now the music's still there. You know, sensystar.com. I'll be going out on tour in uh, I believe three weeks with uh, Reef the Lost Cause. We'll be doing um, about 20 shows, I believe, throughout the U.S. And then in August I'll be uh, back in Canada doing a um, full national. Uh, the first to the fifteenth of August, I'll be uh, starting in Vancouver, and then working our way back over towards Montreal. So, that's what's up. You coming? You gonna be coming through Columbus at all? Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we'll be in uh, very close. The very close to Columbus. Uh, we will be in um, a couple in Wisconsin, and there's one in Indiana, I believe. I know for okay. a fact there's one in Indiana. I'm gonna be all over this summer. I'll take a look at the 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 list and and see if uh, see if I'm not in an area when you're performing. Awesome, man. Very cool. So, Teenagers from Mars uh, is the feature track on uh, for today's interview. If if for anybody who's never heard any Adlib, this is a great introduction uh, to who you are as an artist and what you're doing moving forward. Uh, why don't you introduce us into this track as we as we close out? Yeah, the song is called "The Beginning." We are. Uh, it's a Teenagers from Mars theme song. You know, it's a crazy beat. Rob the Viking killed it. It's an introduction to the EP. And, uh, yeah, man, it's what, you know, 
That's how we do. Sensystar.com, guys. Sensystar.com. Follow me on Instagram, adlib76. There we go. Yeah, I'll have all the links to that in the show notes for anybody who wants to follow up. Adlib, thank you so much for, for joining me. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day, bro. I'm Tim Lawson on behalf of Steve, Ethan, and the rest of us here on Marson House. We'll see you next week. Peace and love. On the low, on the go, nomad, gypsy king, freedom fighter, I ain't moving on a puppet string. I bring fear to the puppeteer, top tier, bloodshot eyes, put my vision clear. When I'm up in here, I cause alarms, cause today's the day the animals take the farm. Teenagers from Mars, teenagers from Mars, teenagers from Mars, teenagers from Bandit, play blackjack with Gambit Gamble with Galactus, play marbles with the planets Dark as Danzig, angel mutant, mind abduction Unjust and ancient, no need for introduction Streets are our seduction, bless your mind structure Inferior connection, annihilate the infrastructure I take your weak resistance, throw it in your face Hunger persistence, misfit from outer space I want it, I need it, I take it I want it, I need it, I take it We want it, we need it Take it, we want it, we need it, we take it. Teenagers from all.